You are listening to Paranormal Probe with Trip Tanfell. Everybody, and thanks once again for joining us for another episode of the Paranormal Probe podcast. I'm Trip Tanfell, and we are recording once again from the 10 Step Studios. I think we have another captivating show for you this week that will be eye opening for most of you. Most everybody has heard of and knows about UFOs. Of course, UFO means unidentified flying object. But how many of you know about USOs? USOs are unidentified submerged objects, and although it doesn't always have to refer to paranormal objects, for this show, the USOs we're going to investigate will be about the paranormal kind. Over the years, there have been many reports of eyewitnesses that have seen UFOs either come straight out of bodies of water, mainly oceans, or dive into bodies of water. And there are many people who think that extraterrestrials have underwater bases for their spacecrafts all over the planet Earth. When you think about it, it does make some sense. The planet Earth is made up of over 70% water. So that's almost three quarters of our planet and it's all water. Now of that 70%, it's estimated that 80 to 90% of the oceans are completely unexplored. So that means we literally know almost nothing about what is in our own oceans. There are parts of our oceans that are over 12,000 feet deep. So there could be a lot of things going on down there that we have no knowledge of. I've actually seen military footage of UFOs being tracked that can go above or below water and never even change their speed. Human technology doesn't even exist that can accomplish that kind of feat. So keep an open mind about this topic because just like UFOs, there are a ton of witnesses who have reported USOs, and that includes some very high-profile people, including those in our own military. Our first story in this episode is about a top-secret military base that many people know nothing about. Most people actually have never even heard of it before. This is a U.S. Navy base that is known as AUTEC, which means Atlantic Undersea Test Evaluation Center. This is a research laboratory that studies all kinds of undersea warfare, and it's located on Andros Island in the Bahamas. Some people call it the Navy's Underwater Area 51. I did a story on a previous paranormal probe show that described a meeting back in 1954 with then-President Eisenhower and some extraterrestrial aliens at the Edwards Air Force Base. The aliens reportedly struck a deal with Eisenhower. They offered to share their advanced technology with us, but in return they wanted to have authorization to freely visit Earth and abduct people and animals for experimentation purposes so they could study new ways to procreate to save their own civilization. 
when you look at the time frame of the meeting with the aliens and then realize that construction on the state-of-the-art Autech lab started just about a year later and was completed in less than 10 years, it makes me think that this is more than just a coincidence. And the capabilities of this laboratory is apparently very extensive. They have a deep water weapons range that can also track over 60 underwater objects at the same time. They also have an above water tracking facility and they have real time electronic warfare threat simulators. They can test a lot of sophisticated weapons, submarines, and I'm sure there's much more that's not in the public record. Some people also claim that the Navy is actively working on extraterrestrial craft similar to what's going on at Area 51. And yet there are also other claims that the U.S. Navy is working with extraterrestrials on experiments of time travel. There's a show on the History Channel that I recommend called UFO Hunters. One of the reasons I like this show is because of the reputation of the people on the show. And I've mentioned this many times. There are some shows or articles that follow opinions and very few facts, which should be ignored if you really want to learn the truth. And then there are several that follow the facts and include experienced and well-credentialed people. It's pretty easy to figure out who to pay attention to. On UFO Hunters, one of the creators and co-stars on the show is William Burns. He is a well-educated and recognized author and ufologist that has studied UFOs for many years. Others that are on his team include qualified researchers, engineers, and biologists. So these are people that deal in facts. On one of their shows, they had a man named Maximilien de Lafayette, who is a longtime French ufologist. In this episode, he explains that Autech is actually a multidimensional portal for extraterrestrials, and this naval base is used to contact and communicate with aliens. Now, I'm a strong believer that the U.S. government has ongoing contact with extraterrestrials, but I'm not sure about the comments about Autech being a gateway to other interstellar dimensions. I decided to keep searching for more information and testimony, mainly from people who may have connections to the naval base. During my research, I heard and read of several reports that were made by previous employees and military personnel working at or stationed at Autech, and their reports include mysterious sightings of unidentified submerged objects in the ocean near Autech. I found some information on a man named Mark D'Antonio, who is an astronomer, a video analyst for MUFON, he's a science guy and a contractor with the U.S. Navy. He reported an unusual experience he had. His business is building submarine models, and he was invited for a ride on a Navy submarine, and he jumped at the chance to take a ride on the sub. Now, during the excursion, something happened that shocked him as well as other military personnel. The sub had submerged, and he was seated near the sonar section. Suddenly, the sonar operator announced a fast-moving object was picked up on sonar and reported it to his commanding officer. The operator was asked what the speed of the object was, and he replied that it was cruising at several hundred knots. Now, you have to realize that 100 knots is the same as 115 miles per hour, so the unknown object was traveling underwater at over 300 miles per hour 
when you consider how much resistance there is underwater due to the sheer forces of the water itself, to achieve this kind of speed is unheard of. There is no underwater craft known to man on our planet that can travel at that speed. The commanding officer then ordered the sonar operator to log it and dog it. And that's not a phrase I'm very familiar with. I've never heard of that one before. I'm assuming that the log it part means document it. But the dog it part sounds to me like the operator was being ordered to hide the information. Now, if you're familiar with that term, uh, please send me an email and let me know. I'd like to know more about it myself. Now, shortly afterward, the submarine returned to port and no other information was disclosed about this unusual story. It seems like Autech plays a pivotal role in unidentified submerged objects, and I expect that we'll hear a lot more about this military facility in the future. All right, as we move on, the next story is going to be about the Tic Tac video. Have you heard about this one? There was recently a video that was released and my understanding was that it was an unauthorized release, but it made it all over the news. It's all over TV, no matter where you look. And the U.S. Navy actually admitted that the video was real. Now, there's some footage on radar that shows what looks like a Tic Tac, and it's actually a UFO. And apparently this UFO can go above water or below water. And there's all kinds of podcasts about this story. Uh, you can read all kinds of articles about it. You can look up the Tic Tac video or even the USS Nimitz, which is uh, how it's connected as well. So let's go into this story just a little bit. This story involves a retired U.S. Navy commander named David Fravor. And Mr. Fravor had more than one encounter he shared with the public. During his 18-year career in the Navy, he had a sighting back in 2004 when he was a pilot. He was off the coast of California when he noticed an object that was near his airspace, but it wasn't a plane or a jet. It wasn't anything he had seen before. His description of the aircraft was that it looked like a Tic Tac. Now this may sound familiar because as I mentioned, there have been recent sightings uh, that also describe flying Tic Tacs, but this one was back in November of 2004. This may be the original Tic Tac sighting. David Fravor was a commanding officer of the Black Aces Strike Fighter Squadron, and he was on a training mission when he spotted the object that was about the same size as his plane. Prior to his sighting, he was actually told by his command that they had detected several UFOs in that area and apparently they had been tracking dozens of them for a few weeks. When the Tic Tac was first located, it was sitting stationary just above the surface of the ocean. The water below the object was white, but there was no visible turbulence or any other water disturbance that you would have, let's say, with a helicopter. But still, this UFO was hovering without any signs of propulsion or exhaust. Some other reports I've seen confirm these objects can quickly dart above or below the water's surface. When the Tic Tac started moving, it was so fast that the sensors in the Navy jet couldn't maintain tracking on the UFO. Mr. Fravor noted that the Tic Tac was very fast, and in his own words, he commented that the craft was something not from the Earth. 
Commander Fravor did take some infrared video of this incident, which was just recently declassified and then finally released. But as normal, our government will share very little about this story. Most of this, and I'm sure there's a lot to this story that we haven't heard about, but most of it is still completely covered up in secrecy. So I'm going to keep my eyes on this story, and I'll give you more information as I find out about it. Now, as I mentioned a little earlier, if you want to see more about this, um, you can see an official video that was authorized for release. All you have to do is go online, search for the USS Nimitz Tic Tac video, there is actually part of the video that shows the cockpit display and it's a shown straight from david fravor's aircraft and there is closed captioning to describe the features of the visual display and at the end of the video the object that they're watching quickly exits the screen now you're going to want to see this one for yourself uh, there are very few sightings that the military releases any information on but this time they did make part of this encounter public and next we continue with another story that has connections to california have you heard about the underwater uso base off of the coast of california this is an area where there have been many reports of unusual flying lights for many years but now there's more to add to the mystery there's something strange that was detected off of the coast of california near malibu back in 2017 and it's also visible on satellite images that have been documented on Google Earth. About six miles from the shoreline and at about 2,000 feet deep, there's a massive oval-shaped structure that's getting a lot of attention. This underwater structure seems to be under roof, which some people claim is about 500 feet thick, and it seems to be supported by several vertical columns. It almost has the appearance of some sort of stadium. And while many people say they have witnessed UFOs going in and out of the water in that area, there are also others who claim this is simply a natural underwater mesa and nothing more. What I'm wondering is why did it take so long for anyone to notice an unusual structure there? There must have been satellites orbiting over that area for at least thousands of times over the years and nothing was ever noticed until now? For me, that has a funny smell to it. I saw a great piece on TV about this on the History Channel on a show called UFO Hunters, which I've referenced before. The show concentrates on the area around Catalina Island. There have been reports of alien craft coming out of the ocean for a long time, and there is actually video evidence dating all the way back to 1966. The UFO Hunters, which is a group that includes professional investigators and scientists, interviewed a couple people that had first-hand sightings of these USOs. One of the witnesses was an attorney who saw some kind of aircraft hover and then enter the ocean when he was younger. This event was witnessed by so many people in the area that it was a headline news story. But listen to this. After reporting on the story, the broadcast provided an explanation that they claimed solved this mystery. Their broadcast explained that a couple of college kids had launched a weather balloon, and that was the object that all of these people saw. 
Now it's time for me to throw up a red flag again. I've had to do this many times in the past. How many times have we heard of UFO reports by what appear to be reliable witnesses, but the official explanation is given that a weather balloon is involved? I'd like to point out a couple of the most high-profile cases, which include the Roswell crash. Everybody knows about that one. Another was the Battle of Los Angeles. And there have been many more UFO sightings around the country where the so-called government experts conclude that weather balloons and sometimes military flares were mistaken for UFOs. So anytime you hear one of these conclusions, especially if it comes from an official government source, I would take it with a grain of salt. But I will say this, back in the 60s and the 70s, there were many eyewitnesses who observed UFOs in that area, and several of them were police officers and military personnel. There is a military base nearby called March Air Force Base, and some of those people on the base saw the UFOs. This is one of the few cases where the military acknowledged that there were objects that were visually sighted in the sky but they did not show up on radar. They also admitted that they had no aircraft, no missiles, or any rockets in the air at the time of the sightings. It's rather unusual for the military to be so honest about these kinds of reports, but in this case, they seem to be straightforward about the details. So let's get back to the show. On UFO Hunters, they followed up on another story from 1980 which was a major deal at that time. And it was about a pilot who crashed his plane into the ocean after an encounter with the USO. The pilot had a cousin on board that flight who ended up dying in the crash. And they were able to interview the pilot who had over 14 years experience in the cockpit. The plane departed from Catalina Island and the pilot saw something unusual in the water below. He then banked the plane to get a better view of the object he spotted. He also describes seeing a door and figures in the object. And then a bright beam of light came from the object and was directed at the plane, and it locked on the plane. He noticed his instruments were no longer operating and he no longer had control of the plane. Now I want to make a quick side note here because this reminds me of something. Have you ever heard of a tractor beam? A tractor beam is a force field that can be aimed at an object and pull the object towards the beam. So in effect, the beam can control the object it's pointed at. In fact, there was a story years ago about a satellite that came out of its orbit and the military wanted to make sure it didn't crash in a foreign country, so they used a tractor beam that made it crash near Area 51. So the beam of light the pilot is describing sounds very similar to the tractor beam stories I've heard about in the past. And I guess at this point I should point out that the military denies that they have any such thing as tractor beam technology. Now let's get back to the plane. The pilot went on to say that he noticed that it felt like the plane's engine had shut down completely. There was no noise he could detect and no vibration. Then, a second beam of light locked onto the plane, which brought the plane crashing down into the Pacific Ocean. Both men were quickly recovered, although as I mentioned, his cousin was killed in that crash. 
then the pilot makes several startling observations. The crash into the ocean was violent, and it should have broken the seatbelts and thrown both men through the windshield. This would have most likely killed or severely injured both men at least. Somehow, the pilot only had a concussion and a broken leg. He was not cut by broken glass. He also claims that he was dead for about 15 to 20 minutes and he doesn't know how he could have gotten out of the plane. He believes he may have been saved by the occupants of the USO. There have been attempts to find the plane at the bottom of the ocean, but so far it has not been located. The pilot is convinced that if the plane could be recovered, they would find the seatbelts still buckled and the windshield still intact, which would confirm his belief that he was removed from the plane by the figures in the USO, and that's how his life was saved. So this case remains unsolved, and it's still a very big mystery. Many investigators have studied the numerous events that have occurred around the Catalina Island area, and some believe there's a possibility that there's an underwater alien base in that region. And as I mentioned before, when you consider that a huge portion of our oceans are entirely unmapped and unexplored, there's no way to be certain about what may actually be beneath the waves of our oceans. And that concludes this episode of the Paranormal Probe podcast on USOs. I look forward to your emails, so don't forget to drop me a line and let me know what you think. Just email your comments to comments at paranormalprobe.com. And stop by again for our next show that will feature more stories about UFOs, the flying kind. Now, I've already posted one show about UFOs, but I decided to follow up with another one because there seems to be an increasing amount of new UFO sightings almost every day. And in case you haven't heard, some lawmakers have demanded that the United States military divulge what they know about UFOs. All reports currently say that there will be a statement made by the end of June. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's most likely that almost nothing will be revealed. Our government has a documented history that is consistent with lies, secrecy, and cover-ups, so I seriously doubt that that will ever change. Now, don't get me wrong, I agree, there's definitely top secret and classified information that should be kept a secret due to concerns over national security. But unfortunately, I believe the U.S. government has gone way overboard in some areas, and the topic of UFOs and aliens is one of those areas. It's time to release at least some information, because we already know that there are extraterrestrial life forms, and we've known it for many decades. So do us all a favor and give us a little honesty for a change. Well, okay, that's it for today, and I want to thank you again for stopping by to listen in. Don't forget to be happy, be safe, and be here for our next podcast of the Paranormal Probe Podcast. I'm Trip Tanfell from the 10-Step Studios, and I hope you'll stop in next time. Uh